European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 42, Issue 24, Focus Issue, Heart Failure and Cardiomyopathies, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. The Universal Definition of Heart Failure, Risk Prediction in Cardiogenic Shock, Artificial Intelligence in Cardiac Allograph Rejection, and the Genetics of Dilated Cardiomyopathy. This focus issue on heart failure, or HF, and cardiomyopathies contains a special article entitled The Struggle Towards a Universal Definition of Heart Failure, How to Proceed? In a first part, Johann Bauersargs from the Hanover Medical School in Germany provides an introduction to the topic overall. He notes that definitions and classifications are crucial in medicine and provide the basis for proper and timely diagnosis to enable prompt, precise, and efficient therapies. The diagnosis of HF currently relies on signs, pulmonary crackles, peripheral edema, and symptoms, dyspnea on exertion, fatigue, that are not always subjective and neither sensitive nor specific. Subsequently, Professor John Cleland from the University of Glasgow in the United Kingdom and colleagues take the stance that a universal definition of HF is needed. The concept for a universal definition of HF proposed by Cleland et al. comprising cardiac dysfunction, identified by imaging, and congestion, identified by naturetic peptide measurement, provides an excellent basis for the current efforts of different heart HF societies and associations, including the HFA of the ESC, to develop a universal definition of HF that is accepted worldwide, with the goal of improving diagnosis and treatment of HF globally. In their counterstatement, Pfeffer and Tierlink from the Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts, USA, point out several important caveats precluding the simple introduction of naturetic peptide elevation for HF diagnosis. Cardiogenic shock, or CS, complicating acute myocardial infarction, or AMI, still reaches excessively high mortality rates. In a clinical research article entitled the novel cystatin-C, lactate, interleukin-6, and N-terminal pro-B-type naturetic peptide CLIP-based mortality risk score in cardiogenic shock after acute myocardial infarction. Uta Seglerek from the University Hospital in Leipzig, Germany, and colleagues aim to develop a new easily applicable biomarker-based risk score. A biomarker-based risk score for 30-day mortality was developed from 458 patients with CS-complicating AMI, included in the randomized culprit shock trial. The selection of relevant predictors and the coefficient estimation for the prognostic model were performed by a penalized multivariate logistic regression analysis. Validation was performed internally, internally externally, as well as externally in 163 patients with CS, included in the randomized IABP shock 2 trial. Blood samples were obtained at randomization. Out of 58 candidate variables, the four strongest predictors for 30-day mortality were included in the CLIP score, cystatin-C, lactate, interleukin-6, and NT-proBNP. The score was well calibrated and yielded C-statistics of 0.82 in internal validation, of 0.82 in internal-external validation, and of 0.73 in external validation. Notably, it outperformed the simplified acute physiology score 2 
and IABP Shock 2 risk score in prognostication. 0.82 versus 0.63 and 0.82 versus 0.76 respectively. The authors conclude that the CLIP score outperforms other clinical scores and may be useful as an early decision tool in CS. The article is accompanied by an editorial by Kurt Huber and colleagues from the Wilhelminen Hospital and Sigmund Freud University in Vienna, Austria. The authors conclude that a risk stratification based solely on biomarkers, even if these markers reflect important ongoing pathophysiological mechanisms during CS, cannot completely replace clinical judgment of experienced intensivists. Allograft rejection is a serious concern in heart transplant medicine. Though endomyocardial biopsy with histologic grading is the diagnostic standard for rejection, poor interpathologist agreement creates significant clinical uncertainty. In a clinical research article entitled An Automated Computational Image Analysis Pipeline for Histological Grading of Cardiac Allograft Rejection. Elliot Paster from the University of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, USA, and colleagues sought to demonstrate that cellular rejection grades generated via computational histologic analysis are on par with those provided by expert pathologists. The study cohort consisted of 2,476 endomyocardial biopsy slides originating from three major U.S. transplant centers. The Computer-Assisted Cardiac Histologic Evaluation or Cash Grader Pipeline was trained using an interpretable, biologically-inspired, handcrafted feature extraction approach. From a menu of 154 quantitative histologic features relating the density and orientation of lymphocytes, myocytes and stroma, a model was developed to reproduce the four-grade clinical standard for cellular rejection diagnosis. Cash grader interpretations were compared with independent pathologists and the grade of record, testing for non-inferiority. Study pathologists achieved a 61% agreement with the grade of record. The cash grader met the threshold for non-inferiority, achieving a 63% agreement with all human graders. The cash grader demonstrated nearly identical performance in internal and external validation sets. Resilience to intercenter variations in tissue processing stroke digitization had significantly superior sensitivity for high-grade rejection, 74% versus 39%. Paster et al. conclude that these results show that the cash grader pipeline, derived using intuitive morphologic features, can provide expert quality rejection grading, performing within the range of intergrader variability seen among human pathologists. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Mitko Vita from the University of Technology Eindhoven in the Netherlands and colleagues. The authors conclude that altogether, CASH is an important first step in the implementation of computer image analysis in histological cardiac allograft rejection diagnosis, deserving further development and validation. They feel, however, that for now, such methods may aid but not yet replace pathologists. In a state-of-the-art review article, what can heart failure trialists learn from oncology trialists? Fayez Zanad from the Incern CHU Nancy in France and colleagues note that CV diseases and cancer are the two most common causes of death globally, and although they differ substantially, some elements of oncology research may be applicable in the CV arena. 
They further note that in 2018, while cancer drugs made 27% of FDA drug approvals, only 1% of drug approvals was for a CV drug. And over the last 20 years, four drugs only were approved for HF in the USA. In the area of oncology research, trials are much smaller, follow-up is shorter, and targeted therapies are common. Thus, CV trialists need to reassess the design, execution and purpose of CV clinical trials. The review focuses on aspects of cancer research that may be applicable to HF research, with the aim of streamlining the clinical trial process and decreasing the time and cost required to bring safe, effective treatments to patients who need them. The paper is based on discussions among clinical trialists, industry representatives, regulatory authorities and patients, which took place at the Cardiovascular Clinical Trialist Workshop in Washington, D.C. on December 8, 2019. For more information, go to URL www.globalcvctforum.com forward slash 2019. In a second state-of-the-art review article, Understanding the Genetics of Adult-Onset Dilated Cardiomyopathy – What Clinicians Need to Know Sanjay Prasad and colleagues from the Royal Brompton Hospital in London, United Kingdom, highlight that there is an increasing understanding of the genetic basis to dilated cardiomyopathy. In this review, they offer a practical primer for the practicing clinician. The authors aim to help all clinicians involved in the care of patients with dilated cardiomyopathy to understand the clinical relevance of the genetic basis of dilated cardiomyopathy, introduce key genetic concepts, explain which patients and families may benefit from genetic testing, which genetic tests are commonly performed, how to interpret genetic results, and the clinical application of results. They conclude by reviewing areas of future research in this dynamic field. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a contribution entitled Percutaneous Left Ventricular Unloading in Veno-Arterial Extracorporeal Membrane Oxygenation Matteo Pozzi from the Louis Pradal Cardiologique Hospital in Lyon, France and colleagues comment on the recent publication entitled Prevention and Treatment of Pulmonary Congestion in Patients Undergoing Veno-Arterial Extracorporeal Membrane Oxygenation for Cardiogenic Shock by Enzo Lusebrink from the Klinikum der Universität München in Germany. Lusebrink et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.